Welcome back to another episode of the Kitmen Podcast. My name is Rohan, and as always, I'm joined by my three fellow friends and greatest minds in soccer. Dillette, how are we? We're great. Uh, I love that, greatest minds in soccer. Finally a fitting introduction. I'm doing great, you know, just enjoying, enjoying the cold weather here. Owen, you have a devious smile on your face. You know, I just always got a devious smile on my face. Why not devious? I'm doing good, you know? It's a good day to be alive. That's true. That's true. Well, we have a very exciting episode for you guys today. We're going to be going over the winter transfers and talking about the wins and losses from the Premier League. So let's go straight into it. Um, let's kick it off with, with top four hopefuls, Arsenal. They signed absolutely nobody and let Obama Yang leave on a free. Let not true. Not true. This is not factual information. We made two signings, um, both from the MLS. Neither of them are actually here. They, they both come in summer. Uh, while we're on the topic, I, I think both of them were, or at least the, the Colorado Rapids transfer, whoever we signed from it, that, that had to have been money laundering. I think Stan, Stan Kroenke owns the Colorado Rapids, whatever the MLS team is. And I refuse to believe that we actually wanted one of their players. So I'm going to deem that as money laundering. Uh, five out of all transfer yeah, whatever, whatever brings in like the revenue. If he's money laundering to, for a big summer, I'm gonna call that like a like a decent transfer window. Okay, fair enough. Um, how about how how do you feel about Aubameyang leaving? It it hurts because it kind of it kind of uh, reflects the situation that we're in as a club. Because like like we even if Aubameyang is doing well, like there's no business for him to be at at Arsenal right now, like a player of that caliber. Like normally you would want, you know, your team to be packed out with those kinds of players, you know, like the superstar names, but he really has no business being here in the state that we're in. I'm glad that he left. I think he'll do well at Barca, but I I could see it going either way. But I'm glad that we got him off the wage bill, you know. That's true. That's huge um, for you guys. It, It hurts a little bit to see him leave on a free because that's like a loss of 119 million on the transfer books, but um, definitely does free up some some space in the wage department. Um, I, I personally don't think he'll do very well at um, Barcelona. He's just not that type of player for me. Um, but you know, wishing him the best. Um, hopefully, he does better. Let's talk about Manchester United. Um, they loaned out Martial and loaned out Van de Beek to Everton. Josh, thoughts? Um, I'm not completely disappointed <clears throat> bringing in no transfers. Obviously, we had a huge window uh, in the summer. So that was, you know, st- smart to save some money, uh, you know, make a little bit by, you know, loaning some of those players out. I think it'd be good for Van de Beek. Uh, hopefully, it can be kind of like a Lingard situation. Uh, but hopefully he'll actually come back and play instead of just coming back to sit on the bench. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's a really good signing for, for Everton as, as well as United. Um, there's no option to buy on that loan, which means that United want him back. But I think it's good that he'll definitely get some time on the field um, with Lampard and Deli Alley. I'm very excited for that link up. 
um, as well as uh, Calvert-Lewin up top and Damari Gray out wide. Um, but, yeah, no, he's definitely going to get some playing time he deserves, which, which did, is... Did y'all have any targets? Like, I wasn't aware of United, like, looking for any players or if anyone was available. I don't believe so right now. I think we're looking more, like, inward at the moment, uh, just trying to fix the system, the culture, and trying... Yeah, I think he's still developing, like, or trying to see what, what he has rather than looking outward and trying to bring in players. Mm. That's not necessarily, like, a... That's not a bad move, I guess. Probably better to do this than uh, splash big on another... Another like mediocre transfer, another fifty million Fred, something like that. Yeah, that's true. How how, how do you feel about the Martial loan? Uh, I think it's good. Um, I don't, I don't see him really having a spot in the team. Uh, but I think a loan would be good to maybe get his price tag up a little bit. Uh, or even maybe maybe he will. Maybe we'll do something. You know, come back to like you know, some of his bright spots and we'll see more of that from him. But yeah, I thought it was a decent, decent move. Yeah, definitely. Um, go over to Manchester city. They actually had a transfer window in which they made money. So just going to put that out there. Good, good for them. <laughs> um, sold Ferran Torres, bought um, Julian Alvarez from, River Plate, I, I think it's River Plate. I don't know what it is, bro. Definitely River Plate. It is River Plate, right? I don't, I don't know if this. River Plate. I don't get butchered on the on the pronunciation, but yeah, no, he's a good signing, natural striker. Um, he's gonna have to go through that remodeling process. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how he adapts to the Premier League and like Premier League defenders. Um, I'm sad to see Ferran Torres go. I really wanted him to stay, but. You know, I'm not going to get mad at City making money on a transfer, but I think he'll do very, very well at Barca and for the Spanish national team. Um, so, yeah. Unfortunately, Owen, Chelsea did not really make any moves. Nothing there's nothing crazy. Nothing. nothing. There's nothing crazy because there's, like, nothing. Yeah, there was nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, so, so let's go over to Tottenham. They, they, they I want to say something about Chelsea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like during the first half of the season, like we saw that they y'all don't really have like the depth that you thought that you did, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I was expecting you guys to just sign like a couple, or at least like one midfielder or something, a winger. Yeah. Because like that whole that whole like month period where it was like Loftus Cheek, <laughs> Loftus Cheek and Ross Barkley playing midfield. I don't think Dude, you guys want Loftus Cheek is good. Loftus Cheek is good. I mean, he's good as long as you don't like watch him for too long. As long as he's not getting too many. <laughs> <laughs> like he like he looks good on the ball, and like he he's like, like good, physically too. solid. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not terrible, but like I don't think he's someone that you want getting regular minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's more of a cut player. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Nothing to say. Well, let's go over to Tottenham, where they had a very interesting window. Um, they loaned Ndombele back out to Lyon with the option to buy for, I believe, 65 mil, which I don't think will get triggered. Um, I, I, I can see why Conte didn't want him. Probably doesn't fit his play style. I don't think he's going to get bought straight away, but, you know, he, he, he did well in Lyon, so hopefully he does well there. Brian Hill, this one surprised me. Um, went out to Valencia. 
I think it's going to be good for his development because he wouldn't play much under Conte since he's so young and Conte is, you know, trying to seriously compete for top four. He probably won't get that many minutes. Um, and finally, there's Lacelso who went out to Villarreal. Then they brought in Benzacor from Juve for 20 and Kulisevsky on a loan. Thoughts on this? Dude, I told you, I texted you the other day, and I, and I was like, these are some bang average transfers. Like, there's, like, nothing to be excited here, if I'm being honest. Like, Kulisevsky might be good, but I don't expect them to do anything. Benteker, I absolutely don't expect to do a single thing for, like, the, the next 40 years at Tottenham, or however long his contract is. I'm disappointed in Tottenham, because they, they, like, really thinned out their squad, which doesn't make sense to me, because... Like the squad isn't very good to begin with, and they're kind of getting rid of players that are like actually getting minutes. You see, like Brian Gill and Lo Celso, who are like pretty regular players for them that are leaving now. I'm just looking at this in terms of like who Arsenal let go, and you know, outside of Aubameyang, like we the total amount of minutes that those players that we let go was like 300 minutes in the first half of the season. So like we're really not going to miss them. Whereas I feel like Tottenham will miss. La Celso, Brian Gill, and Dombele, who were like regular players for them. Those were interesting. I, I could understand the Ndombele. The, the, the Hill one surprised me the most, but I, I think the point of bringing at least Kulisevsky and Benikorin is to add some depth. Um, I mean, I, I think Conte does well with, it, with um, players from Italy, so hopefully like they, they can do something, but I think... Um, Steven Bergwijn isn't the right fit for Tottenham or Conte. So I think one, one of those was going to be a replacement there. And then also um, just adding depth. Paul also back up Lucas Moura and so on. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's uh, – it was okay. I'm not going to gas it up too much, though. It was okay. I think well, speaking – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to talk about Liverpool. Oh, okay. Then yeah, we'll stick on we'll stick on um, Tottenham for a second. If I don't know what the actual figure is, but I've been seeing forty mil for selling Dele Ali. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what mine shows. Yeah, no, I think it was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like forty or fifty. Yeah, that's insane. How they? I don't know how they pulled that off, but I mean, if we're gonna talk about Everton transfers, we'll we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Everton in a sec, but. Uh, Liverpool added some depth. Luis Diaz uh, to back up Sadio Mane. I think great signing. Good. Good, um, good price tag, 37 mil, uh, great right foot, do well with Klopp. Just all signing. He was nice at Copa America in like the, like the game, the one game that I saw him. <laughs> I, saw some, I saw something on Twitter where uh, like people were saying that Liverpool are doing a really good job of like, rebuilding the current squad with like, like their current backups are all like kind of getting primed into – like the same roles as the the current starters, like they have Jota, Luis Diaz, Curtis Jones, and like Trent, who's going to stick around. They have Simikas, and it's like all just kind of like really similar roles to whoever the starters are, and they're like replicating it. I think they're doing like a like a pretty good job of it. Yeah, it, you can see that they're definitely thinking long term as well as right now, because Luis Diaz is going to make an impact right now, but he's also going to be here for a couple of years. Yeah, which is. Nice to see, especially what happened after Liverpool's last kind of golden era. Yeah, that that like dropped to mid table for about like ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's something teams don't do enough of. Like, I mean, you see how United are now. Um, 
and you know hopefully city don't end up like that but let's talk about a future top six club newcastle united um huge january transfer window spent about 94 million pounds brought in matt target on a loan chris wood for 25 mil trippier for 12 mil and gumares for 44 owen thoughts i think it's what they needed i mean they got the money why not spend it yeah big players yeah i think it's all yeah, it's all I mean, for them definitely definitely Show, shows yeah. how serious they are they are making steps mm-hmm. to that mid-level region you know they yeah. shored up your defense with fullbacks and a cdm which is what they you know mostly lacked was was defenders yeah. and then goals they got chris wood who'll probably poke in six or seven for them they're definitely filling in the gaps so gosh thoughts yeah definitely uh some solid signings. I mean, I think Matt Target's a great signing. Uh, I love how he plays at Aston Villa. Uh, Kieran Trippier, I thought that was a steal uh, for how much they paid for him. Yeah, only 12. Uh, I think he's a class outside back, and I think he can provide a lot both attacking and defensively. Uh, Chris Wood, I feel like that's a pretty tactical signing, especially with, like, with Burnley, because like, that'll – I think that really – halted some of Burnley's attack because I mean obviously he was their leading goal scorer for the past couple seasons and uh obviously he's he's fairly clinical um and I mean if you let you know St. Maxman do most of the work be creative as he wants to you can have Chris Wood poke a few goals in for him yeah I I can definitely already see Maximin and and Trippier just spamming crosses to Chris Wood and you know like you said it does weaken Burnley who are their relegation rivals right now Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. There's like, there's definitely like a plan with this transfer window. Getting like Trippier, who has like a deadly uh, free kick delivery, and then Chris Wood. That that combination will probably, probably haunt a couple teams this season. But I just think it's crazy that like a team in a relegation battle, I just like the power of like having rich owners. Every single one of their transfers was either very Premier League proven, like we have Chris Wood, Matt Target, or Dan Bur- and Dan Byrne, all Premier League proven like starters. And we have Trippier and Guimaraes, who are Champions League proven, and they're signing for relegation battling Newcastle. And it's just crazy because, like, normally, like, if they, if they didn't have rich owners, they'd have no business being here. You could even argue that they'd have no business going to a club like, even like an Aston Villa or like a mid-table team. But it's just the... The fact that the the rich owners are able to you know come in and buy them, give them whatever contract they want, it's crazy. It's kind of like kind of feels like a Premier League's the Super League now. <laughs> well, I mean that is the thing with like club takeovers is the first few players you sign, a they show the rest of the Premier League what your mentality is in the transfer market, and it's so important the players you sign because they have to believe that that takeover is going to be successful. Obviously, you know, Newcastle will have the richest owners in history, so it was definitely a pretty attractive um, um, move for the players themselves, but they also have to be like, you know, this is not going to be a one-year project. This is going to be a three-, four-year project where we might not see Champions League play until the fifth year. So it's very interesting how they sold those players on on, on that dream. Um, But let's talk about... Aston Villa, um, they brought in Philippe Coutinho on loan. Great signing. We talked about it a little. And Luca Digne for 25 mil, who is one of my favorite left backs. Um, but, but they did let Matt Target go. 
Thoughts? That's a that's a pretty blatant upgrade. I don't think yeah. that was a you kind of said that in a bad way. That's definitely not not a bad thing to make that swap. This is a that, that's a top tier transfer window though. You know, getting Lucas Digne as his new starter, and then Callum Chambers, who's kind of like your ideal like uh, like squad player as like a backup. He can play multiple positions. He's English for the for the homegrown rules. He's kind of like already proven in the championship and a little bit in the Premier League. He has he has years under his belt. That's like your ideal ideal backup. Yeah, definitely, Owen. Yeah, everything just cut out for like a minute. Oh, really? Okay, that's yeah. fine. I'll, I'll edit this. Yeah, just skip over me. Okay. Um, let's talk about Everton. They had a very interesting transfer window. Brought in Van de Beek, brought in Deli Alley, and let Luca Digne leave. I think, I think it's great for their midfield, but terrible for their defense and chance creation. As if the as if that back line wasn't leaky enough, they kind of made no no effort to fix it or even like to shield it. I guess they kind of just let that go. But I'm excited to see what Frank Lampard's going to do with Van de Beek and Deli Ali. He did a decent job with Mason Mount or decent understatement. He did a really good job with Mason Mount, kind of bringing him into the first team and developing him. Hopefully, we see that with Deli Ali and Van de Beek. And I still think that uh, I was telling Rohan this the other day. I still think Deli Ali's kind of like first couple of seasons in the Premier League haven't been touched by another youngster, another English youngster at least, over the past like six or seven years. So I'll be glad to see him kind of make a resurgence. Josh? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think El Ghazi's a solid signing. You know, I don't know how much it depends on how, you know, the other players perform, but I think he's a solid player. Van de Beek, I'm excited to see him actually play in the Premier League just because, you know, He's a Ballon d'Or, you know, nominee. He should be playing, and I'd like to see how he handles the physicality, and I think he's just class. And then Deli Alley, I mean, hopefully he can kind of pop back into his free flow himself. I think it would yeah. be funny if Van de Beek still just, like, didn't get minutes. <laughs> I've, been seeing, I've been seeing that on Instagram, that Leopard's still just going to bench Van de Beek. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think the Deli Alley signing was actually super, super interesting because it shows that the Everton board are like trying to actually make a change, at, at least with this transfer window. But what concerns me is the weakness defensively because Lampard also was not great defensively with Chelsea. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. How, how do you guys think Lampard will, will do with the current squad? Are they, they're in and around like tenth right now, right? Somewhere yeah. in that in that range, kind yeah. of like tenth, thirteenth. I doubt that he'll do any better than they're currently doing. We might see like a we'll see a difference in they're, like they're in sixteenth. They're in sixteenth. Sixteenth, Jesus. Okay. So I think maybe a little little upgrade, maybe slightly. I can see that kind of escaping like the 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 relegation area. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of more just looking forward to the the change in play style. At least now they have the, the quality of Van de Beek and Dele Ali. Shouldn't take too much to get at least like some decent, decent creativity. Yeah, I mean, that's two Champions League proven midfielders. Yeah, definitely. Which oh, also, you know, there's, you know, he's got a lot more managerial experience under his belt than when he was at Chelsea. 
so you can see some changes in the management that he's going to be doing and the tactics that he has. Yeah, definitely. I think it's also worthy to note that Everton was able to just bring in some good quality, and they only ended up spending like $7 million. So they did outside, of, outside of Dele Ali. Oh, yeah. 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 It's free, and there was loan, but I think they were able to bring in some quality off of a budget. I, I, I see comparisons with the, with the Chelsea team, or at least like the key players that he had, because you have like Calvert-Lewin, who's a similar profile to Tammy Abraham. Dele Alli was similar profile to Mason Mount, or eh, you, I, you could you could play him as that kind of in that Mason Mount role. Yeah, like but I could definitely see, I could definitely see Lampard replicating replicating something good. And Demar Gray is kind of like a better version of Pulisic or Hudson Odoi. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. And finally, last club <laughs> that we were planning to talk about: Brentford bringing in Christian Eriksen. I think you know. Great signing. Um, they don't have to play so direct anymore. Uh, rely on that long ball. It brings a little bit of quality into the midfield. So, yeah. Dude, yeah, I, th- I think Erickson's top tier signing. Yeah. Definitely. Also, does anyone want to say anything about, about Brentford? Knows? Because I, I wanted to bring up Burnley and how Burnley have a... They've discovered the outside world. And they're signing foreign players now. You know, they oh. signed, uh, what's his name, like Wout Weghorst or something? Oh, oh yeah, Weghorst from Wolfsburg. Yeah, who's just like, who's just like a bigger Dan Br- or not bigger, Dan Br- bigger yeah. Chris Wood. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> massive. He's like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he's from Wolfsburg, isn't he? Yeah. He's massive. Wout Weghorst, Weghorst? Wout Weghorst from Wolfsburg. Yeah. yeah. I think the only, <laughs> the only stat that matters is that he's like 6'7". Which is yeah. crazy for, for what Sean Dyche likes to do. Yeah. They made money too. Yeah, and they profited from the window. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a very interesting transfer window. It's definitely a lot better than last transfer window in which basically nothing went down. Um, it's, it's a bit more like those, uh, the past few transfer windows, you know, with a lot of activity. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how these players affect the clubs that they're uh, at. But yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you for listening. Peace.